Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Greetings, nerds. This is Cena Nerd. I'm your host, Sarah Belmont, and with me as always is our Mr. Producer, Will Polk. How are you doing tonight, Will? I'm doing very, very well, Sarah. How are you doing this evening? I survived, and I'm looking forward to my 4th of July break. Uh, yeah, you, you have been really burning it so at both ends, so I am, I am very happy for you, my friend. Thank you. Thank you very much. So, yeah, so looks like... Uh, as far as I know, you're going on break, and let's see, we've got a couple things popping this week. Um, we've got, of course, Spider-Man coming out to look at something things to look forward to. And uh, speaking of Spider-Man, one of his castmates from uh, Avengers Endgame, uh, Paul Rudd, was, uh, looks like he's going to be in the new Ghostbusters project. See, a Ghostbusters project, like, who cares at this point? <laughs> Well, at least this time, all the fanboys won't get bent like they did with the last one. I don't think that's a good thing, in all uh, honesty. I mean, like, the fanboys got bent out of shape because it was all female casting. Yeah, yeah. And and I know um, uh, Ivan Reitman's son is behind this project, and I know he's he's stepped in it a couple times, too, whenever he's called it the the original Ghostbusters or the, you know, true Ghostbusters or that kind of thing. And, you know, he had to, had to obviously backtrack and say how they respected the other project and those kind of things. But, um, but yeah, yeah. Paul Rudd, I guess, uh, was cast and, or is in negotiations to uh, be in it. And I guess they, well, announced it on their Twitter page today. I guess he was walking past the iconic fire station where the, uh, Ghostbusters are um, headquartered. I, I mean, all I'm saying is that I just don't think that Ghostbusters, it, it was it's not nostalgic for me at all. I'll be perfectly honest. It's not one of the movies from the 80s where I'm like, oh, yeah, remember that and everything. So for me, I, I personally care could care less. Um, Paul Rudd may bring something to the movie, but I don't I don't know. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, and also we had today, we had the uh, dropping of the uh, Charlie's Angels trailer. What did you think about that? Uh, Kristen Stewart looked like she was having fun in a movie, which, like, I don't think I've ever seen before. <laughs> it looked like it was taking itself seriously, but also lighthearted. Like, mm-hmm. like there was, there was a good tone. The music I hated personally. I did too. <laughs> I like, why? Why? Yeah. I, yeah. I, it, it, these songs are not working. It's not a good mix. 
Yeah. I felt like, am I like watching a promo for a music, a MTV music video or when they used to show videos or are we trying to, you know, hype a, a movie trailer? And I completely agree with you. I thought that there was a disconnect between the, what, what I was seeing, which was a kick-ass screen trailer. Yeah. Of action and adventure and a spy thriller and I mean all you know all the things with it, but I found the music distracting. Yeah, I see. I the way you said that, it made me go straight to our criticism of that Birds of Prey trailer thing spot. <laughs> um, and so I'm like, well, it wasn't that bad, but <laughs> it it definitely it was like distracting. And Naomi Scott. Like, I still haven't seen Aladdin. I've seen, I've heard her music, and I, I've seen her in other things. But for some reason, I was fully engaged, and the moment she, her character popped up, I don't know if the character she's portraying is, she's the right fit. There's something about her, it's like she's overacting the nerdy, oh my god, the, the naiveness of it all. Mm-hmm. It's just, it doesn't fit right in my mind. Like, everybody else makes sense, but she just, I was like, hmm, I don't know if this is going to work. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it it definitely, I, I got that vibe, and I did feel like when I was watching it, it was, one is, I'm not clear, is this a reboot or is this a continuation? Who who the heck knows? Like, this is a problem, Will. Like, whether it's Ghostbusters, Charlie's Angels, or any of this other stuff that was a thing at one point of time. Like, even Cobra Kai, to a degree. Mm-hmm. Nobody clear... Like, there's been so many trials of rebooting, re restarting Creed as another one. Yeah. That, that it's kind of just like, why are we doing this again? Like, yeah. there... This isn't the MCU. Not everything's clearly not connected, or it is connected, but in like the most shove shove a round peg into a square hole kind of way. Yeah, I like did that opposite, and (laughs) (laughs) I did that entire analogy. This is how this is how much I'm in need of a vacation, guys. Clearly. But point taken, point taken. And, and it does beg, you know, your point does get to, uh, the, you know, something that you see a lot of times on social media. I'm not picking on Charlie's Angels, uh, especially given our, this conversation about Ghostbusters, but, you know, is this really a, a sequel or reboot that people are really clamoring for? And, I mean, honestly, until I saw this trailer, I, 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 I didn't even know that there was another Charlie's Angels movie in the works. So it, it caught me by surprise when I saw it was trending this, this morning. I was like, Oh, there's, there's another one. Um, oh, but, uh, pay attention. I know. I've well, I'm usually for like a year. <laughs> <laughs> well, you didn't say anything. You've... I don't, I don't really care. I mean, now that yeah. there's a trailer, and of course I knew about it. Two words for you, sir. Noah Centineo. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. What? What? He's going to be the nerdy guy. And um, and they showed him. And that kid's career, it's just going to keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't you also say that there were there was some in Eternals casting news? 
Uh, well, rumors at this point, but uh, folks that are looking to uh, maybe try to bring Salma Hayek on board. And, uh, of course, you know, last week we talked about uh, Keanu Reeves. Also, Reeves. Yeah, and, of course, Angelina Jolie's been associated as another A-lister with this project. So uh, it looks like uh, about Selma, which actually would be her first time doing a comic book movie, so. Well, I mean, Angelina Jolie, same thing. Keanu Reeves, same thing. Yeah, yeah, but at least Angelina did do Laura Croft. So she's been tangentially related to this genre. That is a a um a stretch, my friend. <laughs> hey, work with me, work with me. <laughs> oh man. All right. Speaking of stretching, let's head over to Krypton because this is why we're here. I've literally finished watching the episode less than an hour ago. Uh season two, episode three, Will to Power. Um a lot of Brainiac. A lot of Brainiac. Episode. A lot of Brainiac. And, and sir, you know, the what what comes to mind when I'm watching this episode is I'm thinking to myself, why the heck have we, we've been wasting our time with Zod in all of these Superman movies when Brainiac is a really interesting character who, for somebody like me who's been fr- removed from the franchise and just... I, I've, I've seen the movies. It's not my thing. Um, I've watched Smallville and, and I like, I like everything. I'm always in like with Superman. I'm never in love with it. Mm-hmm. Brainiac is a villain where th- there is some, now granted, as soon as I pose the question to myself, I think about a lot of the similarities this character possesses to some other villains and other franchises. Yet still, this the big part of this episode where it was Seg in his mind, in Brainiac's mind, Brainiac in Seg's mind, and that whole dynamic was really interesting for me. It was, it was, and I I really liked the way. I mean, we've had three solid episodes now on Kulu, and the. Continuing arc through a thread through that, whether it's Brainiac or Lobo, um, is they just need to center the action on that. I mean, the stuff going on back in Krypton to your point earlier about Zod and everything, mm-hmm. it's, it's, I mean, it's there, but the more interesting things are what is going on with, with Brainiac and Lobo and, and really this question of, the will to power as, as the title indicates, which is does Seg have the willpower to be able to overcome Brainiac, who was extremely confident when we first saw him and Seg together on, on Kolu and also how Brainiac basically, uh, manipulated and, uh, you know, with the powers of suggestion and like we saw, Making himself appear as Val in the in the in the first episode, uh, as far as just trying to convince Seg to even break out of the Phantom Zone. Right. And we, we've seen, you know, each time we get these iterations of them, and whenever we're first on Kulu in in the, in the season premiere, uh, this contest of wills 
And, and it really does, and it really does pick up from even from the end of last season when they had their showdown on Krypton on Kandor. And I really liked that Seg. We, we've seen the growth of Seg as a character through Brainiac and, and Brainiac's manipulations. That okay, you fooled me in the Phantom Zone. You were able, you were able to infiltrate my mind and, and basically use me as a vessel to elude Lobo. But now Seg stood up to him and basically through all the visions that Brainiac had while they're in the, in Brainiac's, I guess, birthing nest and in his mind, um, was able to, to overcome that. Yeah. Something that they did that was really, now that I'm thinking about it and, and they just touched on it and I kind of hope that they go back and explore it more. Lord, Lord only knows if we're able to do that, but Seg turns it around at one point because he argues back at Brainiac that he's not a god. Now we've seen this trope come up before, but it's always implied that the hero views themselves as a god mm-hmm. and that they they abuse their power. With with Brainiac, assert initially I would have never thought that, but you can see how he is does have that perspective, and for him it's all about knowledge. Yet I think with with Seg, the way they phrase the question at the start of the episode is, what are you hiding? Mm-hmm. What aren't you letting me see? And the thing, put emotion aside and humanity aside, the thing that Seg has, I think, at the end of the day is fate. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yes, this show is starting to um, exhaust this whole time travel issue yet at the same time the the moment where brainiac looks at him and is like you intrigue me son of krypton chills 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 yeah like and that right there there this this guy has something very important too he has to have sex yeah (laughs) (laughs) i can't even finish it but literally he he was put on this planet for a one-time Five minutes or less. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> He's got to get in and then get out. Yep, yep exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Now that I've figured this out, boy, yeah. the jokes that I'm going to come up with. <laughs> <laughs> and, but, but, I mean, at the end of the day, we know that it, it all leads to one night. <laughs> it leads to one night. Yeah. Yeah. Your goal, yeah, to one night. Is, and, yeah. and that something that no matter the knowledge because with knowledge all you have is history and maybe right. the present day but you never have the future and right. that's really what Seg has on his side he does have a super future on his side but also i mean he does have destiny and it does and it and it does relate back to sex and speaking of which i mean brainiac tried to manip- manipulate Seg through his feelings with uh, with lida and and trying to I don't basically break him and, and, and use him and, and possibly because he knows of the destiny that awaits the house of L, uh, try to keep the current timeline as it is, which if that, if all things go as they are currently destined, 
Krypton will be a planet that is that is put in the bottle and, and doesn't blow up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, I don't know what timeline we are on anymore. I, I get so confused these days because anytime they go to a scene with um with Zod and Lyda, I'm kind of I'm still creeped out. <laughs> well, I, I'm not I'm not creeped out anymore. It to me it's just the it's the power imbalance. And I guess it's part of it is just the, the physical his imposing nature over over Lyda, I think is the thing that gets me. Yeah. Yeah, that that could be it. It just, I mean, on that note, the the way that she was basically groveling mm-hmm. to, for power and to be allowed to go someplace else, I'm kind of like, you're the mom. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're. I don't understand why why he is like all in charge and you're the second. Shouldn't it be reversed? However, I did appreciate that they acknowledged that part of the the awkwardness between these two is that he comes from a place where he knows a different version of her. And I think that's really interesting because I mean, people grow up, people change and, and events have to happen at the same time. I'm just thinking to myself, dude, you're never going to get born unless Seg comes back. Like what does he, does it, does he think that she's already pregnant or something? I think that's that he must that must be the case here is that she is already pregnant with him because that's the only otherwise it was seg being gone yeah I mean it's the whole predestination you know preexistence paradox he'll Marty McFly himself and so I think he knows I think that when seg and, and Lyda that did reunite uh, late last season. When, I guess when they were in the catacombs or whatever, I, I think that's when he was conceived. Well, how long has it been? Because I could have sworn it's been six months. Right. Well, yeah, that's true. That, that girl does not put on weight then. No, no, she's not showing at all. <laughs> unless, <laughs> unless he was born into the birthing chamber. I, yeah, I guess that. Though, so she. Yeah, so Seg has to come back, and now he is back. So. Maybe they do hook up now so that he can be conceived. You know, you know, as man, my mind is going to. Um, oh, I have it now. Well, well, you, you know, well, um, it's all about can you feel the love tonight? Yeah, it is it's in the air. It's in the air. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. It's just there's something about this that just blows my mind. But I mean this I I like this episode a lot better than last week. Even though I, I have to say, like season two so far of this show is really good. I really like that we're no longer on um Kalu and that that's that arc has wrapped up. Yeah. I don't think this is the last we're gonna see of either Brainiac or Lobo. Oh, but but it's I if we had continued in another episode, it I think it would have been stretched too long yeah. because it is very important. Sagan, Sagan, Adam, to keep us engaged with what's going on to Krypton. We need those two characters because I think besides Brainiac and besides Lobo, that whole arc really worked well because every now and then we get some of the best banter mm-hmm. I've seen in a while. Yeah. 
Yeah. Adam saying, what do you mean birth? What do you mean? I mean birth. Like all of this stuff. Was I dead? Maybe just a little bit, but I undeaded you. And yeah. I really <laughs> need you to stop talking about how you died. <laughs> I was just yeah. like, he said it twice. He said it twice. I, I laughed out loud at that moment whenever he said that. I, I truly did. And, uh, and, you know, and whenever, uh, Lobo and, and, uh, Adam had their, we mm-hmm. moments and you're so soft and you know <laughs> you're so soft, yeah. and then he's like oh yeah that that whole thing was really and you know this this brings up what i also wanted to talk about with this arc we always talk about how a lot of these bigger movies or shows, you have so many different villains you have so many different plot lines going on and yet on Kalu, it's one plot line, two villains, yeah. two two protagonists, a, a lot of different agendas. Yet the fact that Lobo, he he's he's after Sag and Adam, but he's really after Brainiac, so the enemy of my enemy. At the same time, though, Lobo has no no loyalty to Sag and Adam. So it's not like the enemy of my enemy is my friend. It's more like if I have to go through you to get to him, I will. Yeah. And, and it's just a, it's a, it's a cat and mouse game. And I like how they brought up that, that subconscious level where there's another battle going on between Brainiac and Seg. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like that too. I mean, that was really, I mean, we talked about how long they was remaining on that. And I think our consensus was that it would be the third episode when they would get back to the Krypton. So I agree with you a hundred percent. They ended that arc at the appropriate time. The, the subconscious fight that Seg and, and Brainiac was having, um, was really, I think it was really, really important because I think it, it, it again, to get to my earlier point, it shows the growth of Seg. Um, but also, I think Cameron Cuff actually like tweeted out something there uh, where Seg basically is also a con man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and so that was fully on display there, uh, where he, he basically had faked, uh, uh, Brainiac and was able to defeat him that way. Because again, Brainiac is always, as you said, he's always thinking logically and very, he, he and, and without the, the emotional element. Which they, which they did discuss in the episode. And so because of that X factor, that is the one way that even though Brainiac tried to manipulate him and, and try to use the emotional connection that Seg has with Lyda to his advantage, he did, it was a linear thing. It wasn't the passion and the eros that would allow for, you know, to have that love affair between the two characters of Seg and Lyda. And so that was how Brainy, how Seg was able to defeat Brainy and you know, get him out of his head. Yeah, yeah. And meanwhile, I mean, Brainiac now is just a hearted, heartbroken boy because clearly, throughout his time inside of Seg, Seg, mm-hmm. he he developed feelings, he did. an attraction. Mm-hmm. To the will and to the power. And, and it's very, it reminds me a lot of what happens in Infinity War between, um, between Thanos and either whether it's Steve Rogers or even, uh, Iron Man. Mm-hmm. 
Like there's a respect in the people when you think you're above everything else on the planet and then all of a sudden you encounter something that rivals your power. There, there, there's a mutual attraction. And, and unfortunately Brainiac was not put on, put in the story to have sex with Seg. No. Therefore. Nope. <laughs> nope. 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 <laughs> there may be some affection there, but Brainiac is just going to be left high and dry. I mean, to to his credit, he did get inside. <laughs> he did get inside, but not as, yeah. He, yeah, there was some intimacy in other ways, but not uh, not physical. <laughs> See, the DCU has no idea the comedic gold mine they're just sitting on. <laughs> all of this character. <laughs> oh man, what else happened? That what is going on with Jaina and Dev? I, 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 yeah, I saw your note in the, in the, in the notes about that. And that, I mean, Dev is just, well, he's, he's a broken man. And that, that meltdown moment wasn't, I, I, you know, I, I, when I saw it, when I first saw it, I was like, did they? And then I was like, no, it's more, it's more. He, he was just broken. And we, and really the, at the, at his core, the Sagittarii were, were not after Jaina. They were actually after him. And so, so her coming back to, uh, Kandor basically, or the Outlands, uh, basically gave him the opportunity to, to take care of those, those Sagittarii. Uh, but in, in doing so, in their exposition that they were having there, he, he realizes the world that they once knew was completely gone. And, and I think it, 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 he's broken from that. And so, uh, Jaina, whereas Jaina also sees that world going, she is now, you know, very, just in, you know, going back to what you've always said, the duty and the strength and that kind of thing, she responds in a very strong, pull up these straps, I'm going to deal with this kind of thing, whereas Dev is just, uh, just an emotional mess and he breaks down. And so when he had that meltdown, and this cradles with her in the in the bed. It was just it was just that. I mean, he was just a broken, beat down dude, and he was just cr- cr- curling up like a little baby. Maybe it's because I forgot who he was. <laughs> Maybe it's because I really wanted to see this this uh, Sagittari rogue rogue arc for Jaina <laughs> that I'm kind of like. Really, we get five minutes of her, and half the time she's her, she's with her her daughter's ex fiance mm-hmm. in a bed and cradling him. Yeah. And yeah. I'm just I'm I like I I guess what I'm missing is a a reminder about why why he is so disturbed. And and initially I thought his eyes were gonna go pitch black again when they were in that bed because it was right after Sag apparently kills or Lobo kills a brainiac. Right. And so I thought I thought there was a disturbance in the force. <laughs> <laughs> and and so it just it just was weird for me and, and the way she looks at him mm-hmm. I'm just I'm like that's not Granted, clearly I've just been misreading everything this whole episode, so. <laughs> no, she, 
no, no, you're not, you're not misreading. Well, yeah, you did that one. Uh, yeah, I thought I did, I did, like I said, for a moment I had that as well, but then I was like, no, that's, no, it's, it's not that. It's, it's, this is a totally different, totally different vibe and different feeling that she has for him. Uh, and I'm trying to remember back to season one. I'll have to maybe have to just do some cheat sheet, cheat. What was his arc that caused him to, to go to the out, outlands? And I don't know if it was because he was. Well, so if I, if I think, if I remember correctly, I feel like at one point he got his arm cut off. He, he, he was, he was, he got possessed by a brainiac. And I also think he realized what brainiac also realized. Seg is not for them. Mm-hmm. And Lyda is not for him. Mm-hmm. And and he's not been put in this story to have sex with Lyda. He's not. Yeah. 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 So what did we yeah. learn today, people? Krypton yeah. is about one thing. It's about sex. sex. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> the Craptown boys do deliver. <laughs> they do deliver. They do. They do. <laughs> Oh man, uh, I still think pretty much everything going on with Nissa and Vess, all Battlestar Galactica, too much like Battlestar Galactica for me. Um, and it's like the worst part of Battlestar Galactica, not the interesting part. I still think he's a Cylon. Okay, he, he, Will, I don't know if you watched this episode any differently now that I've concocted this Cylon theory, but. <laughs> But he's he's standing there directing orders, talking about supplies, and I'm just like, this this guy was a scientist. He was a person who looked to the stars. Where did all of this kind of Sagittari strategery come into play? But then he 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 fumbled a bit. I'm just like, dude, I thought you were smart. Nissa clearly like there's mastermind manipulation happening here and he's like oh well you know some people lived and and that that other girl is looking at him like yeah but don't you think they want us to think that this is for our own good yeah yeah i I don't know where yeah i don't know if it's time in the phantom zone has like caused him to lose his edge or or what but i i had that same thought as well that he he has he has definitely lost something a little zip on his fastball because the the valve that we encountered last season would would not have been um so easily duped and and would have been more critical by seeing how easy things went with that with with their mission yeah it's just the signs are all here the the I I still I'm very I'm very adamant that there is going to be some sort of some sort of reveal that that he is working with Saad or that he has his own plan his own political agenda because this is what is currently missing from the show this season and I don't know Will if you've noticed it there is something always very Shakespearean about the the better storylines of in this genre yeah there is nothing currently shakespearean about what's currently happening there hasn't been a betrayal yet the nissa thing does not count no well no (laughs) she's a clone (laughs) she's a clone one and two she yeah i mean this is the deal that she made to 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 save corvette so (laughs) 
but more importantly, not human. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, you're pudgy today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and so it's just that I, I, and, and the whole Lida thing, you can argue it because we still got the Romeo and Juliet thing. That's going to be the betrayal. That, there's your, there's, there's your betrayal because in order for, well, no, yeah, in order for sex, for facade to basically lose and go back to the future wherever he belongs, she's going to betray him. And yet she still has sex with Sag, even though we know that leads just to Drew all over again. Yeah, yeah, but but the new Drew won't. But in this new timeline, the, the restored timeline, Drew Zod does not come back. You know, I'm just, I'm just, I don't, I don't trust the Crap Town boys. Okay, therefore, and Vess is one of them. Vess is a Krypton, therefore he's a Crap Town boy. <laughs> I don't know. Stop. You're right. It's it, you bring up a good point. It probably is this whole Drew and Lida thing. There is that is going to come to a breaking point, and it ultimately does have to be her who sends him back, mm-hmm. and then brings him back, and then oh, talk about paradoxes. Yeah. 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 But yeah. But getting getting back to Val, the reason why I don't think Val will. I mean, he may have some other political. Mission that, that, as far as this end game, but I, I don't think it's going to be. Uh, I don't think it's going to be where he betrays Seg. I mean, I, it may be you know he may he may end up losing, you know the, the maybe the resistance may crumble or something like that, which maybe leads to like Lyda basically realizing that this new world that her son's building. Is that what she what she wants? And he he has this. That's where the betrayal will come, and she has to send him back or whatever. Well, I just think that he ends up back in the Phantoms, though. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see, we'll see. All right. Well, that is it for us tonight on Crap Town. Uh, <laughs> will why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you? Uh, you can find me at Will M. Polk. That's W-I-L-L-M-P-O-L-K. And you can find me at S.J. Belmont, S-J-B-E-L-M-O-N-T. Please follow our crew on Twitter at Cena Nerd. Friend us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram. But most importantly, rate, subscribe, and comment on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Spotify. Good night, geek. Geek out. You're welcome. Bye.